everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff and I'm your host. I'm the creator and editor-in-chief of Divorced Girl Smiling, a media company comprised of a website, podcast, mobile app, and a list of wonderful divorce professionals. If you're listening to this and maybe the title caught your eye and you were thinking, I need to listen to this episode because I'm thinking of confronting my spouse because I think he or she might be cheating. Now, I have to tell you, that is a scary thing to do. And I understand some people don't even want to know. Some people are not sure if they want to know. But then you might get to a point where, okay, I need to know. Now, what I want to talk about in this podcast are four different reactions you might get when you confront a cheater. I don't have any personal experience with this, although I shouldn't say that because I was in a relationship and I found out after we broke up that he was cheating and it was it was devastating, even though we weren't even together. Um, And I have a great guest on here to talk about this with, and actually, I don't know her personal situation. If she was ever cheated on, we're going to get to that, but she has so many clients that she has talked to with these issues that she is going to be wonderful, and guess who the guest is? It's (laughs) Susan Guthrie. Hi, Susan. Hi, Jackie. It's so nice to be here with you. Well, I'm so excited to have you here, and actually, I want to tell my listeners our conversation before we started recording. I was like, Susan, what should I introduce you as? You do so much. So I want to tell my listeners that Susan is a divorce attorney, no longer practicing, is a divorce mediator, is no longer practicing, is a business development consultant, a speaker, a trainer, a mediation trainer, an online mediation expert, an award-winning podcast host, and her podcast is called Divorce and Beyond. It's just a great podcast. So did I leave anything out, Susan? No, I think that's that's a pretty good rundown. I do a little bit of everything, don't I? You do, and I'm sure you have so much experience with clients saying, my spouse cheated, that's why I'm getting divorced, or our divorce is very difficult because he cheated and I I can't even look at him, so how are we going to go through mediation? Tell me about your experience with people who have come to you with cheating spouses. Yeah, unfortunately, I would say it's more common than not that cheating or adultery or whatever we'd like to call this, but this betrayal, this horrible betrayal is something that happens in oh so many relationships. So by the time someone would get to the point of divorce, it really was, in my experience, much more common than uncommon that somebody would have cheated. Now, I will say, uh, in many cases, both parties would have cheated. And in many cases, there would have been multiple instances of someone cheating. So it's, it is definitely something that I have dealt with over my 30 plus years and heard pretty much every, well, we always think it's pretty much every story you could have possibly ever heard. So when people come to you, or when they did, when you were mediating and when you were a divorce attorney, didn't it make the divorce so much harder, though, if there was cheating involved? Absolutely, because of that betrayal. 
Um, you, you bring a situation to an already difficult process. There's nothing easy about redefining your marital relationship and your parenting relationship if you have children. And when you layer in not just the act of your spouse having a sexual relationship with somebody else, but all of the inherent lying and true betrayal of the relationship that goes into that. And then to ask those two people to sit down and have conversations around all these other difficult issues, it, it can seem impossible at times. Especially if the person is still dating the person they cheated with. That's very hard for people. It is because they, they put forth this persona or this idea that they have moved on into a happy new relationship at the expense of the prior relationship, which only, you know, to use the old phrase, right, adds insult to injury. Um, there's your ex who cheated on you off having fun and living happily, at least in your perception, with the person that they cheated on you with. Right. And you're thinking, oh, well, after this mediation session, they're going to go have a date and have this wonderful night with this woman that he left me for. I mean, it has to be really, really hard for people. It, it, I would say it's really one of the hardest paradigms of divorce. And again, unfortunately, it truly is something that's oh so common. But and, you know, as a professional, we always have to remember that although it's something that we hear all the time, for the person who's going through it, it it's very, very deeply felt and usually pretty fresh. Um, this is not usually something that people wait years and years and then get to the divorce attorney. Um, and so that emotion, it, with all the other emotions that go along with divorce, that emotion of betrayal and hurt and anger and that maelstrom of emotion is just right there at the surface. So let's get into this. Four reactions you could get when confronting a cheater. And this is based on an article I wrote a while back. And Susan, I would love to get your perspective on this. So the first one I wrote was denial. So this is when somebody confronts the cheater and they say, you're paranoid, you're crazy. Tell me about that. <laughs> and, and I should not laugh, but I will say, at least in my estimation and based anecdotally on what I have heard, this is by far the most common reaction that someone will get when they, they ask their spouse if they're cheating on them. Um, we used to call it, in my office anyway, the deny, deny, then lie response because they would just, it didn't matter what you said or what evidence you had. Usually it was a phone or an email or something like that, or someone saw you with someone else, but uh, a spouse will just immediately revert to, no, that didn't happen. You're crazy. And why do you think they do that? Because most of them want the divorce anyway. Well, now that if they wanted the divorce, my theory has always been perhaps they would have asked for it. But what they want is to, you know, the cake and eat it too, right? They want the relationship 
to continue the marital relationship for whatever reason, because it's hard to get a divorce, because they don't want to pay money or only see their kids at certain times. But so they don't want to go through that, but they want to have their side relationship as well. And so there's that immediate reaction of if I deny this and I get my spouse to believe that this isn't happening, we can just go back to where we were. I have my cake and I get to eat it too. Okay, I, I agree with you on that theory, but I also think there's another theory. When people deny, it's because they're too afraid to pull the plug, even if they want to. So even if the person is planning on leaving you for the person he or she is cheating with, sometimes they deny because they're not ready. They're too afraid, they're cowardly, and they just don't wanna open up that can of worms. They're not really ready yet. And that's very true, it's a really good point. And then you wonder why someone would get into an extramarital relationship or have an affair if they're in a marriage that they're not certain is over or they just don't have the guts to end it. And you kind of wonder what that says about the person who's in that situation. Absolutely, but there's two main reasons why, I think to answer your question. One, because they don't wanna hurt the kids, and two, because they might have a lot of money and they don't wanna part with it in the divorce. Oh, that's my two theories. Right, and, and the irony of that last one is that by having an affair, by betraying their spouse, they are going to cost themselves more money in one of two ways. One, they may end up just having to pay more, although fault doesn't generally come into the distribution of assets or um, alimony support issues, just to get the divorce over with someone angry and upset, you may end up to bring it to a conclusion, having to agree to pay more, or because your spouse, and it could be and or, I should say, because it could be both, because your spouse is so angry and hurt at being cheated on, the litigation and the divorce process itself will end up costing more, taking more time and being that much more acrimonious because of all the hurt feelings. So the very act of the betrayal, it will actually end up costing you more. And if that's the reason you didn't ask for a divorce, you really only just shot yourself in the foot. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pillisoff and my guest, Susan Guthrie, attorney, mediator, business development consultant, speaker, trainer, online mediation expert, and host of Divorce and Beyond, a great podcast. We are talking about four reactions you could get when confronting a cheater. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to go over the other three and wait till you hear number two. We'll be right back. In some cases, people going through a divorce have never been in charge of their finances. So therefore, they have no idea what to do. Other times, a person gets divorced and they don't want to invest their money with the same financial person that their spouse is invested with or the person they used as a married couple. 
So if you are looking for a new financial advisor, I would highly recommend Elaine Moss and Pete Mullins from Vester Capital. I have known Elaine and Pete for, I'm gonna say, at least eight years. My accounts are with Elaine and Pete. I think the world of them. They do an amazing financial plan. The investment piece has been wonderful. And I cannot say enough about how much I trust and really like Vester Capital. If you want to learn more, you can go to VesterCapital.com or you can find Elaine and Pete in the Trusted Partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to tell you about a wonderful law firm in Chicago. Katz and Stefani has offices in the city and in Bannockburn, and there are 13 attorneys. I have known co-founder Dan Stefani for probably 20 years. The firm is extremely well-known, very well-respected, and I have met all of the attorneys. I cannot say enough about how wonderful they are. They all have different niches, and they're all very experienced and trustworthy. If you want to learn more, go to katzstefani.com, or you can also find them in the Trusted Partners section of Divorced Girls Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast with Jackie Pilisoff and my guest, Susan Guthrie. Susan, wait till you hear number two. The cheater has complete remorse and wants to work things out. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, that never happens. I think that's what you're going to say. But I think that the reason you're going to say that is because then they would never call you. So you wouldn't know. And, and I think that is correct, although I will say um, I have seen many, many cases where this was the initial response and a spouse who was cheated on did decide to stay and try and work things out. And eventually, sometime down the road, unfortunately, that reconciliation did not work out. So I actually have heard this a fair amount. Um, and those are the cases where now the affair is maybe in the rearview mirror away, or someone thought it was in the past and find out that either that relationship has continued, despite the person saying they were remorseful and wanted to work things out, or they've moved on and have actually had a new affair partner. Okay, so anyone listening to this, Susan, you're right on everything you're saying. I completely agree. But I don't want people to feel hopeless because I think some marriages can work out after cheating. Not a lot, but there's a chance. And I think that if that's what you want, you owe it to yourself to try again and not just jump immediately, especially if you think that your spouse genuinely wants to try to work it out. What do you think, Susan? I agree 100%. Um, I think that that is absolutely an option and it is a very personal choice to both spouses, right? The, the, but certainly the spouse who's feeling remorseful and wants to work things out, they will have to do what they need to do to try and rebuild trust. And for the person who wants to give them that opportunity, 
I would suggest working both with their spouse to set up some boundaries and some expectations about what would help to rebuild that trust. And I also would suggest, you know, working with a therapist and or coach because this, in my experience, again, having seen this in both my professional life, but I've also had friends and family who have been through this situation, uh, it is very hard to get over this type of betrayal. And so if you want to try, I think it's, you owe yourself some professional support. I completely agree with you. I actually think therapy or a coach, a marriage coach is a must for this. And if both people are willing to try to work on it, I think it's wonderful. And here's the other thing. If you end up divorced after this, at least you can walk away knowing that you tried. You didn't just bail the first time. You tried. And, you know, being divorced is no piece of cake. So maybe when you get divorced, you won't say, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this because you went back and tried. I agree. And I really think there's something to think about here in the what I'll call the affair paradigm is that there's something going on in a relationship, in a marriage where if one spouse is cheating, is seeking something outside of the marriage, it does indicate in some way that there's not that someone did something wrong, but that the marital relationship or the relationship itself may have issues that need to be worked on. And that may require both people to work on it. So having that support, having marriage counseling, having a therapist, having some professional support to look out what brought that relationship to that place. And in no way, please, am I suggesting that it was okay for someone to do that to their spouse, to betray their spouse's trust like that. But I am saying that in some way there may be indications or something to look at in the relationship that if you want to stay together, needs to be repaired. Number three of the four reactions you could get if you confront a cheater. The cheater wants a divorce, but feels badly about it. Ever encounter that, Susan? Yeah, that's usually, I will say, the early days. Um, and when I say that, I, I have seen cases both where I was representing one of the parties. And by the way, I've represented cheaters. Attorneys don't often find out right from the get-go when a client walks through the door that they did something like this. So I can tell you I've had clients that it wasn't until we were involved in the case where suddenly it came out, oh, yeah, well, I know I told you I hadn't cheated, but I kind of did. Um, so which, I've been which on both. doesn't mean that you you wouldn't have taken the case. I mean, you you know. No, I, I it would and people have. I mean, trust me, everyone I've ever heard tell me what, that they cheated has also given me a litany of reasons why they cheated. Um, whether those are valid reasons or not, are not really up to the attorney to determine. Uh, but everyone has their reasons, or at least in their own mind. But it's very common, right? You know, you this is your someone who you've been married to in a long-term relationship, perhaps or co-parents with, and you have hurt them. That is something that is 
almost universally true that your behavior in cheating, what you have done, has hurt them. And so it's very common that even though there's an acceptance of the person who cheated that they do want the divorce, that now this is finally moving forward, I'd say it's pretty common that they feel badly about it. And in some cases, at least in the early days, that will bring them to the table with a desire to try and make things right by having an amicable divorce. Unfortunately, that's much harder to do, as I said earlier, because the cheated on spouse isn't feeling particularly amicable. Now, you bring up a great point because in your career, don't you feel like, tell me if I should give my listeners this advice. If this is your scenario and you confront your spouse and then he or she feels really badly about it, if you, I always tell people, get the divorce done quickly when they're still feeling guilty and everything's nice. Because I've actually had a couple friends who did that and it worked out so well for them because they were willing to give them so much more because they felt badly about it. And if you wait too long, that guilt wears off and then the person starts to get worried about the divorce and then they kind of have this self-hatred and it's like kind of icky and they don't like themselves. So then they move on to what I'm going to say is number four. They start to shift all the blame to the cheaty and is angry and just wants out of the marriage. And now it's like a contentious, bad divorce. You are so right. You are 100% correct, at least in my experience. And this is what I have always seen and why I said earlier when I answered or we were talking about number three that in the early days, they feel guilty, they feel bad. But what I have seen is exactly what you just mm -hmm. described. I think the human psyche can only take feeling bad about ourselves for so long, and then it shifts exactly as you said. And the person who cheated, and I have seen this so many times, that the person who cheated is able to, in their mind, shift the blame to why they cheated onto their spouse. And they become angry with the spouse because they're being greedy in the divorce or they've been dragging it out because they're angry or all these other things. But suddenly all that guilt shifts and it becomes all their fault. And, and that makes the divorce, again, that much harder to settle and to resolve. So there is probably some wisdom in what you say that if your spouse is feeling guilty, is willing to be more amenable to what will work for you, there's something to be said for resolving the matters while things are in that state. And it's not just because they feel guilty. They're so happy in this new infatuation-based relationship that they want to move on with their life, have the divorce behind them, and marry this other person and live happily ever after. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, and that's true. They're so wrapped up in the sex and the newness and the secret that they think this is the love of their life, and they want to move on and start their new life. So you know what? Here's my advice for my listeners. Let them have it. Let them do it and get divorced quickly because you'll get such a better settlement. 
Yeah, and, and you will also find that that affair partner can be a help or a hindrance. And you'll usually understand based upon how your spouse is acting in the divorce. But if they are also of that mind that they want the divorce over with, they can often be urging your spouse to just give her the house or just do what you need to do to get this over with so that we can move on. Vice versa, I have also seen that the affair partner be a huge hindrance because every penny that comes out of your spouse's pocket, they feel is a penny out of their pocket if they feel that there's a relationship going forward. But you made a good point as well, Jackie. You know, statistics are that that relationship will not last. Uh, most of the time, the, the greater preponderance of the time, those affairs don't move on into new relationships. And even if they do, those relationships, especially marriages, second and third marriages, have much higher rates of divorce. Um, and so once they've hit that point in that relationship, their urgency of getting your divorce over with goes away. That is so true. Yeah. Number four, we just talked about this. The cheater shifts all the blame to the cheaty and is angry and wants out of the marriage. Now, that could become that later, or that could be the initial reaction that you get. Ever see that? You know, I have, but not as often. Um, this would be more rare um, along the way. And usually, that would be in a case where it's a long time affair, where they've actually already gone through a lot of the emotional guilt. Uh, because I do think people, when they are cheating on their spouse, feel guilt, even if the spouse doesn't know. I'd like to think that at least when we know we're betraying or hurting someone that we're not supposed to hurt and we're supposed to care for. Um, and so usually when it's been this long, I mean, I've, I've had cases where people have had 10 year long extramarital relationships. Um, I had a few cases where someone had literal second families um, in, in other places that had gone on for years with children and, and homes and assets together and, and that sort of situation. So the cases where I've seen immediate anger and the immediate shift to this is all your fault, I never would have done any of this if our relationship had been good. Um, if you had been a better wife, if you had been a better husband, uh, that's usually that long term. This one is about the cheater refusing to take accountability or accept responsibility for the cheating or anything else. Tells the spouse things like, you were cold, you were distant, you probably wanted this anyway. Um, just lets himself or herself off the hook and justifies the cheating. Yep. And, you know, the other one, I can't leave it unsaid, but if you are married to a narcissist or someone who exhibits those narcissistic behaviors, this is absolutely the response that you're going to get, right? Because it's never their fault. Um, it will always be your fault. So for anyone out there who's listening and is like, no, that's 100% how my spouse would react, you very well may be dealing with someone with that type of high conflict behavior or issue. Before we sign off, I want to give a couple of tips if you decide to confront 
your spouse and you get one of these four reactions. So the first thing I would think of is that assess the response. That That's a big deal. That will tell you a lot about where your relationship is going, what you need to do. You know, like for example, if he starts begging for forgiveness and saying, I love you, well, okay, now at least you know where you are. If the person is like, yes, I'm so glad this is over. I'm so glad you found out. You obviously know you're getting divorced. So that's the first thing. The second thing is honesty can be brutal, but aren't you glad you know? What do you think about that, Susan? For everyone that I've ever spoken to, I have to say that although it is incredibly difficult to face, everyone has at some point said, I'm so glad that I found out because one of the things I think that is so difficult in that people talk about after they do know is just how either foolish they feel or upset they feel that this is something that was going on that they didn't know about. And so I agree with you that there's, you know, you now know and you now know that you have options and decisions as to what you might want to do based on knowing. And I think people, when they suspect their spouse is cheating, it's like a gut feeling and it might feel like, well, maybe I'm just paranoid. Maybe I'm insecure. Maybe I'm too needy. Maybe it's, it's me. And when they finally find out knowing and, and knowing that your spouse cheated is better than feeling that insecurity. And this is a line I always say, and I love this. If you suspect your spouse is cheating, you're not insecure, you're right. At the very least, you inherently know that something is wrong or you wouldn't be wondering about this. And it truly is crazy making for people. I have seen people go through thinking their spouse is cheating on them, having the spouse denying it, going through that back and forth when they in their gut knew something was going on and it's almost becomes an obsession and it almost it is truly I, I think it's the definition of gaslighting it's the definition of that feeling of you're going crazy and so yes at least you know right, you right it's better along. to know than to feel like you're crazy yeah so for my listeners remember Cheating is not about you. It's about the cheater. And for some reason, he or she chose that behavior. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel stupid that you didn't know. Right? Mm -hmm. any, any other advice for people who were cheated on? You know, just the one last thing I would think of, and this podcast is, is perfect for what I was going to, to say, is you know, before you sit down and have this conversation with your spouse, before you confront them, it's wonderful that Jackie has pulled this all together for you because you really sit down and think about the potential ways your spouse can respond and what your feelings and thoughts are about those, if that's their response, what, how you might want to respond if, to their responses because this is not just up to them 
you are an active participant in this and you have choices you get to make from here. So it's wonderful, again, to have this resource. The other thing I would say, because, and I, I've said this in other podcasts, people tend to have this conversation with a little, shall we say, alcoholic support before they have this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems to come out at times when maybe our inhibitions are down. And, and honestly, that, that's probably the worst time to have these conversations. Um, so if you think your spouse is cheating, very hard to have this as a coherent and calm conversation, but to the best of your ability, I urge you to try to do that for your own sake. Great, great advice. Susan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so honored and so thankful that you took the time in your day to do this with me. Oh, Jackie, I'm always happy when I get to spend time with you and your Divorce Girl Smiling community is so wonderful and so lucky to have you. I'm just, I'm glad to be able to contribute. Thank you for having me. To my listeners, you're going to be fine. It's going to work out fine. Maybe not at the beginning, but it will work out. If you want to confront your spouse, you should do it. And I wish you all the best. If you want to learn more about Susan and her podcast, you can go to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. Susan, what is that website? Divorceandbeyondpod.com, or they can find it on my general website, which is susaneguthrie.com. Or if you want to listen to more podcasts or read articles or download my mobile app, or find my wonderful divorce professionals, come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you real soon.